Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, and welcome back. I have a real treat in store for you today. If you're a regular listener, you may know that I do monthly, well, we try to do monthly, sometimes it's more like every six weekly podcast with um, Naughty Good Bites owner, Lindsay Taylor. And at Naughty Good, Lindsay features a woman who's been nominated to be the Naughty Good Bite Woman of the Month. And then we use the um, collaborative episodes on She Built This to help amplify their stories and share them on this podcast as well. So our guest today is Heather Sweeney, and Heather was nominated as the naughty good woman who exhibits courage. And fittingly, the theme for the month of May in the She Built This VIP group is possibility. And I just thought the timing as we're entering a new month and the juxtaposition of these themes is perfect. Um, I love the, the concept of boldness, but also being open to what could possibly be. So Heather is going to share her incredible journey to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro and how she relied on trust and courage and strength each step of the way. And she really did exhibit those qualities of being courageous. One word on tech stuff, you probably know by now that I'm kind of like a stickler and a little nuts when it comes to sound and things sounding good for the podcast. Um, But when someone doesn't, so, you know, a lot of times when someone doesn't have the right mic or their headphones are like banging up against their earrings when they're talking, it drives me batty. But I'm trying to work on letting go of that and not be so OCD about my episodes. I'm still a work in progress. This episode, I think in and of itself, it is about letting go of some of this vice grip that we have in life and how True courage is really about trust and it is about letting go and stepping into possibility and just staying open and going with the flow a little bit more. So for me, this was like a lesson in action because we were struggling with tech before Heather joined us. We had to switch to Zoom, which inevitably Zoom doesn't have as good audio quality as what I usually use. But did that stop that ep- this episode from being amazing? No, not one single bit. The tech had nothing to do with the amazing words that were coming out of Heather's mouth. So you're going to forgive me for sounding like I'm underwater. And at any time, we may or may not talk over each other or laugh all at once. I decided to leave this episode completely unedited in its raw form because it's a really beautiful conversation. I didn't want you to miss a single minute and I wanted it to feel exactly like that, like a conversation and like you were right there with us. So this episode will have you on the edge of your seat, which is a fair warning. If you're driving or operating heavy machinery, you might want to like really clarify which one is the gas pedal and which is the brake pedal, just in case. Um, And I hope that in addition to you really absorbing and taking in this incredible story, that this episode inspires you to take courageous action in your own life as you're building your dreams and going after your goals. I love this quote that Lindsay shared with me after we finished recording. It's by Rachel Marie Martin. Sometimes bravery is simply choosing the next step without fully knowing the path. And now, without further ado, here is our interview. We finally got all of the technical issues worked out, and now we are here. Hello, Lindsay, and welcome back. Thanks, Emily. It's Friday. Can you say that? It's a Friday, so I feel like this was fitting. (laughs) I stopped. I decided I made the executive decision to stop saying Happy Wednesday in my podcast because I don't know about you, but I get to like Saturday or Sunday, and I'm like, uh, I have podcasts in there from Tuesday, so- Now I just stopped saying happy Wednesday because the chances of people actually listening on Wednesday are like very slim. Yeah. 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 So happy, happy any day, any day, any day, happy, whatever day it is for you. Yep. 
Um, it, feel, it always feels like a long time since we do these episodes. And I think that is because it is actually a long time in between us doing these. But yes. I'm really excited about today's guest. She has such an amazing story that both you and I have been like following along. It's like a, it needs to be made into a movie, I think. For sure. A movie, a book, a theater, like a play. Um, yes, an interpretive dance. Yep. All of the above. <laughs> But you chose her, so why don't you tell us why you chose her and what she was chosen for? Yes, Heather was selected as our Be Courageous Naughty Good Woman of the Month. Um, Her journey has been full of highs, uh, lows, everything in between. Um, She also embodies all that we stand for here at Naughty Good, so she's committed to giving back, cheering on and supporting other women, and following her dreams. So the bravery and courage of people like Heather empower each of us to step up our game and to be a better version for all to witness. So I can't wait to dive in and more on that later to this conversation. So Heather, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little highs and lows. She means literally. So yeah, (laughs) why don't you tell us um, who you are and, and what you do? Sorry, Lindsay, I know you were going to say that, but I said that's all right. Cause I had to get my pun in there. Um, It is true. I have been through highs and lows, both literally and figuratively. (laughs) Um, But my name's Heather Sweeney, and I uh, live in New Hampshire. I am the mom first to two little loves, Jack and Anna. They just turned seven and eight in the last month, so that was a big milestone for everybody. Um, I work as a wellness coach, a registered nurse, And I have this goal in life to inspire as many people as I can around the world, really. Um, I love sharing inspirational stories and speaking to large and small groups to try and inspire them to really just own who they are and take hold of their dreams and really not let anybody step on those dreams. Um, so you have two jobs and two kids. You probably have tons of time on your hands. <laughs> oh yeah. Lots of free time. <laughs> How do you juggle all of that? Um, I juggle this, these various facets of my life because I try to be very intentional with my time, my energy, my yeses and my noes. And so anything that I am involved in current day is really by design and by choice. Um, I, you know, like everybody, days get a little bit crazy, especially with two kids and multiple jobs. Um, But, you know, I do my best. I think that's all we can do to prioritize and adjust day in and day out. And, And that really is required. Um, because sometimes the kids need things that I don't anticipate. Sometimes I need things that I didn't anticipate. So it's just about adjusting and sort of resetting when I need to and continuing to move forward. I love that you said that. I'm here nodding my head because same idea, right, mom of three and flexibility. People ask all the time, how do you do it all? And like, you just got to be flexible. So you have to, every day is a different priority in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, what you plan for your week, and I'm sure you can attest, changes on a dime right absolutely and i love the word flexibility because that's it's so true i just pictured like gumby being pulled in all these directions (laughs) um but you know what everything comes back to the center i was just gonna say that he still comes out (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes all right so um we want to know we have now that we've heard a little bit about yourself um, what does be courageous mean to you since how you were chosen as our be courageous, naughty good woman of the month? So being courageous to me, the first thing I think about is being willing to step into or put yourself in unknown scenarios and sort of trusting that you, you have what you need inside of you, no matter what might get thrown at you in that scenario. Um, I think it takes a lot of courage to step into the unknown and 
do that, you know, coming from a place of love instead of fear with, you know, open arms and an open heart um, and just sort of see what comes next, right? Instead of thinking about every step that could occur down the line. Yeah, not looking too far ahead. I like that. I When you say that, going stepping into the unknown, it reminds me of just somebody being, it's about being curious, right? Kind of. Oh my God. Yes. A hundred percent. Like I live with curiosity every day and it has not failed me yet. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I guess, you know, curiosity and courage. It's that curiosity, but that, that ability in the, in the want or the desire to actually take action is what makes you courageous, right? Like you can be curious, but you might not do anything about it. Yeah. And really, I think kind of going inside and trusting Mm. you have what you need. Just believe that, trust it, own who you are and take the leap and the rest will work out. It may not work out how you envisioned it. It may not come in that pretty package with the bow that you thought it would, but it will work out one way or another. Yeah. Emily, it reminds me of your quote today. What was it? Oh, the only person you need to convince is yourself. Yes. It's funny. The, the reason that quote like kind of came up into my mind is because I was thinking about some of the times in my past, like when I was young, like 18 through 22, I honestly probably 18 through 24, I would just do things like without even thinking twice about them. And I've noticed in my, you know, as I mature, um, that I am more hesitant to do the scary things. So I wonder if either of you, um, have like maybe some insight as to why, as we move along in the journey, like fear holds us back almost more. I mean, of course it's because our prefrontal cortex are like more developed and we're not just (laughs) teenagers living on adrenaline rushes, but really like what's at the root of that? I think life, like life happens and we, like, when do we lose? And I don't know this, but when do we start to lose that sense of curiosity that you see in a, in a child who is just fearless, right? yeah, you know, everything doesn't go perfectly when they jump into scenarios either, but they're willing to do it. They're willing to give it a try. And I feel like as we get older and we learn more and experience more, it's like we have this database of things our mind runs through so quickly when we want to make a scary decision. And if we don't lead with love and trust in ourself and belief in ourself, all that information that's downloaded into the database of fear steps forward and we say, forget it. No, I'm not going near that. Yeah. And I think you, you just gave a really nice analogy to what I think people refer to as limiting beliefs or these things that we've like spent our whole adult lives putting armor up to protect ourselves against. And it's like, when you start to get underneath that, what's under there, because that, that same essence is still under there. So it's about removing those blocks and that that's what lets you move forward into the courage. And each time I feel that you, as an adult, we experience something really bad and how we choose to respond to that is, can, can um, be held in our piggy bank for later too. So if we know, all right, I'm, I always tell my kids, you're only, things are going to happen to you. The only thing you have control of is how you respond, right? I know it's cliche and we hear it a lot, but it's true. It's how we respond to something. A lot of us could curl up if we've had hard things. Heather, you've had a ton, you know, and we could curl up and say, okay, I'm not coming out of bed, you know, but you stood up, you kept moving in that um, experience, um, having it be positive. You can put that in that positive piggy bank and say, you know what, next time I'm going to do the same dang thing, right? Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And it's funny. I, yesterday, my son rode his bike to school. It was a new bike. He was so excited. And on his way home, I saw him out the window, flying up the street, smiling. And I ran out to say hello and he wasn't there. And I thought, well, what happened? And there he comes pushing the bike. He fell in that split second. And we came inside and he collected himself and he was okay. And I said to him, you know what, buddy, mommy's really proud of you. And he looked at me through tears. He's like, why? I fell off my bike. And I said, you know what, though? You got up. And you're going to keep getting up. And that's why I'm proud of you. So to your point, yes. I mean, that starts when we're young in terms of how we choose to respond to things. Absolutely. Yeah. I think our kids, I have a 15-year-old who is sick of me giving her, you know, the. <laughs> I'm always talking to her about this and she's like, oh, mom, enough's enough. But I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on. 
<laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So let's talk about your most, I, maybe it's not even your most recent venture because you're like always doing new stuff, but um, one of your most recent ventures, which was going to hike Mount Kilimanjaro. Can you tell us a little bit of the backstory as to why you decided to do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this is definitely my most recent giant adventure, probably the biggest leap of faith. I think <laughs> I have taken maybe in my, uh, certainly in my adult life. Um, the backstory, <laughs> it kind of will give you an, a peek into who I am as a person and how I operate. Um, but in September of 2019, my son brought home a library book and this book was about the seven summits. So the seven summits represent the seven highest peaks in the world by continent. So every continent has one. Um, Mount Kilimanjaro was one of them. And when we're reading this book and I'm seeing about Mount Kilimanjaro, something was triggering in my mind, but I had no idea what it was. I couldn't place it. So I put him and my daughter to bed and I went to my computer naturally <laughs> and I started looking in my search history. And what do you know, at some point, I don't know when, before uh, this night, I had looked at a program through the, Le the Leukemia Lymphoma Society called Climb to Cure. It's part of their team and training arm. And it was an opportunity that I had now come back to to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with LLS, Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And that night I emailed the head of the program and I said, hey, I wanna climb with you in the fall of 2020, let me know what I have to do. And it was with, I mean, that's how quickly it happened. Um, about a week later, I was telling my girlfriend like, hey, I'm doing this thing, I'm climbing this mountain. What mountain? I said, oh, it's Mount Kilimanjaro. And she was like, oh my God, where is it? And I said, I don't know. I guess I should find out. <laughs> that, that may or may not have happened in the conversation before we hit record. <laughs> Probably one of us. I won't know who it was under the bus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, that's how it happened. Um, so I just dove in head first, like I do. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love, do you think, okay, a little like reflection here. Do you think had you not not sent that email initially that you would have pondered on it too much and that you wouldn't have done it um it that's pretty likely or i would have maybe just sort of pushed it on a to-do list that i never did yeah um so for me with things you know like this or not even like this with challenges goals opportunities if i can visualize i'm huge on visualizing and feeling okay so if i can visualize myself in this case on the summit of mount kilimanjaro if i can feel how that might feel if i was to do it in real life that is all i need to know to dive in mm -hmm. because the rest of the stuff in between i trust in myself enough i trust in the universe as i call it to sort of guide me and I'm not worrying about every step. It's just, I can see it. I feel it. I believe it. Let's go. Yeah. And you trust that the process to get you there is going to be worth every, every, whatever it might be, every setback, every, you know, injury, if you happen, you know, in your sense, you know, in your um, instance, climbing a mountain and having to train for that. So can you tell us a little bit about what that preparation was like, not just physically, but mentally, um, you know, what, I mean, I think no, none of us can really quite understand what it's like to do that. So I'd love to hear what that preparation is all about. Yeah. So, um, it's funny you asked, you know, not just physically, but mentally, right? Because I'm a huge advocate, especially in my wellness coaching of mindset, shifting your thought perspective, focusing on the the positive, right? What, what we appreciate appreciates. I think you actually posted that at one point, Emily. Um, and so <laughs> for me, when I was preparing, I was given a 16 week, uh, four month training program. Everybody received this training program from LLS. 
And it is somewhat similar to training programs that I had used in the past when training for marathons. And for whatever reason, I, I got the plan. I never opened it and I never followed it. Um, I know people laugh when we, we were on this trip, I was talking to my other teammates and it was interesting about half of the group followed it to a T and the other half just digressed onto their own route. Right. Um, and so for me, I never opened it because I knew cardiovascularly, physically, could I be in better shape? Absolutely. Yes. Always. I knew though that I was in pretty good shape physically and I wanted to maintain that. So without, you know, the idea of flexibility in my life, I would be dead in the water. So for me, it was about, let me keep my routine as close as I can so I can still take on my coaching business and my clients and serve them. And I can still show up for my patients as a nurse and serve them and my family first and foremost, right? So I just continued with um, body weight strength training. So push-ups, pull-ups, things like that. Um, I did a lot of yoga because I wanted to make sure I was flexible and my body was feeling really good and in alignment. Um, I also did a lot of running, which is something I've been doing for years. So it wasn't new. And I continued with my regular um, biking. I actually just have an indoor trainer. I don't even go on the road, but it works for me. And so those were really the things I did physically. Um, as we got closer to the the maybe I'd say about two months out, I started hiking quite a bit as well with my weighted pack um, because it was more about for me the weighted pack, not the hiking itself, right? Just to get my back and my neck used to that. So, how much does the pack weigh? Can I ask that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So, training it varied. I started with just a five pound weight, then I went to an eight pound weight, and by the end, I was up to 25 pounds in my, in my pack. Yeah. Um, which day to day for my day pack that I carried on the hike, I wasn't even near 25 pounds. I was maybe at 15. Yeah. So it worked out very well. Yeah. Um, can I, I want to ask a question. Did you have to look back at that training guide after by any chance? No, no. I'm just no. curious to know if you like looked back on it and you were like, Oh, I should have probably done that. No, but I'll tell you this. When we first, when I first arrived in Tanzania and was starting to meet my teammates, there were seven of us total. I was hearing some of the other people talking about the training plan and inclines and degrees and this and that. And I'm like, in my mind, I started to go into that place of, oh my God, crap. Like, am I even ready to, I didn't do any of this stuff. I never opened the plan. I just was trusting in my own process. And I had to very quickly quiet all of that and just come back to that place of, I know what I did is enough. I still can see myself on the top of the mountain. I still can feel all those feelings that come with it. And so I kind of just never looked back. Um, it was sort of like, no regrets. I'm here now. We're doing this thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, having done it, Part of the training, we would have calls with different people through LLS that have done this hike. And there was one gentleman, I think his name was Steve. He spoke to us a few times. And the one thing that I remember from every talk he gave, the one thing was this climb is 93% mental and 7% physical. And I just grabbed onto that from the beginning because I thought, I have a good mental game. I'm tough in my mindset. And if I can keep that going throughout any challenge that could arise in this completely unknown space, I think I'm going to be good. Mm -hmm. And having done it, I would say this is 97% mental and 3% physical. Yeah. Um, I, I really think that unless you have like a, you know, a major lung issue, COPD, or you have like congestive heart failure, like a massive disease process that has taken over your body. I really think that anyone can do this if you're mentally tough. Yeah. So you did yoga, which obviously physically helps, but I obviously, I, we all can agree helps you mentally, but did you do anything additional to prepare for that mental game as you got closer? Yeah. So I believe in journaling and I love meditation. 
and it was it, those are not necessarily the easiest things the journaling for me is easy because i do it in the morning and before bed so it's my own time the kids aren't running around people aren't around meditation is not so easy sometimes to make sure it gets into my day mm -hmm. so sometimes i sneak it in um while i'm actually on the trainer which might sound crazy but I'm in that headspace of like, woof, here I am. It's just me, myself, and I. Um, so yeah, the meditation was for me about getting very quiet, being very open to, again, that unknown space I would step into and just making sure that I trusted in myself to continue to proceed with this process and not let that fear enter. Because I think that's really where people can downward spiral and you can just go way off track. Yeah. And I can completely relate to that whole meditation, you know, for you and the trainer. I say it all the time. I'm a runner as well. And that is if I'm not in a group, you know, we do I do run with um group of ladies or sometimes with my husband or my daughter. But if I'm by myself, that is my meditation. It's very easy for me to you know, really hone in on what's happening around me and to just, you know, get outside of my body, literally, like just, I mean, more figuratively, figuratively, but you know, it's just, um, I don't know. I can relate to that 110% on it's, it's not just sitting in one place for some people mm -hmm. and, and what we think of as traditional meditating. Yep. And you know what? It's funny. I just, this just came to me, but I, I really kind of, no, I do, I do believe for me personally Nature is my church. Like I don't go to a church in a physical sense, but when I get outside and I am by myself, to your point, running, hiking, especially, mm -hmm. I mean, you guys would probably, you'd see me if you didn't know me and be like, is this person crazy? But there's times I'll catch myself. I'm talking out loud to the universe, I guess. <laughs> um, but it's like my place, like you said, where I'm there. I'm in it. I've got nowhere else to be. There are no distractions. And it gives me that chance to just really hone in on whatever it is that I'm trying to bring to fruition to, you know, to bring to uh, reality. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and we don't, cause you know what, as moms, you don't have much alone time, you know? So if that is, all right, I have to, uh, when you said, um, you know, you're talking about being in nature and people might think you're a lunatic, that's me in the grocery store. If I have a grocery store, <laughs> I'm sorry, we're kind of off kilter, but when yeah. I'm in the grocery store by myself and they've got that elevator music playing, I am singing away. Yeah. <laughs> excited to read the labels. I got nowhere to be. <laughs> Is that never Note yourself, don't go shopping with Lindsay Taylor. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, okay, I want to know about like what what I guess what challenges you faced on your way up and mm -hmm. how you overcame those I'm so I mean I read your story but for people that didn't read your story yeah sure um challenges I faced on the way up or down it doesn't have to be up yeah <laughs> the it's it's so crazy to say this but I really didn't have physical or mental, you know, mindset challenges that presented themselves to me until the summit night. Um, as I think back on the days leading up, even being present in the moment on those days, I remember feeling this very clear sense of it was my mantra. It became my mantra throughout this trip. I am safe. I am loved. I am guided. Period. I was seeing on the trail, no matter how challenging it was or how simple it was that day, I was seeing at a minimum, I think 34 heart-shaped rocks along my way. And at a maximum over a hundred, I would stop counting. And those little signs for me were huge. I felt like I was just being embraced every step of the way, like so safe and just in the right place. And before we ever left our hotel, one of our guides said to us, the only thing you need to do on this journey is eat, sleep, drink water, 
and stay present. Don't start asking or thinking about what's the weather going to be like in three days? What do you think on summit night we'll need to wear? Just stay focused on the moment. And I grabbed that and I ran with it. And I, I truly think for me personally, that got me through every day with this sense of overwhelming gratitude to even be where I was and just feeling so guided. These signs would pop up and I would say to my team like, oh my God, you guys, we're being guided. There's angels all around us. Look at that heart rock or wow, it's amazing how it's so sunny in the rainforest and it hasn't rained yet. Like we didn't experience any bad weather prior, but the night of the summit was a very different story. And that's where for me, the mental challenges start to come in and, and also physical. Um, so I guess, can I share a story to kind of set the scene around this tonight? I think it would be helpful. Please. Absolutely. So when you are summoning Mount Kilimanjaro, you do it overnight. And the goal is that you arrive at or near the summit just about at sunrise. And so when you're at base camp, which is where you leave from to go to the summit, you're at 15,200 feet. So we got woken up at 1030 at night to begin to layer our clothing and prepare all of our things prior to a, a short meal and then leaving for the summit. So it's 1030 and I hear, you know, hello, hello, time to get up. And I'm sort of already awake, right? We're at altitude. It's very cold. I'm not sleeping soundly. <laughs> and I can feel, the first thing I can tell you is I can feel that it's freezing out, outside of my tent. And so I am in my sleeping bag thinking I have to get out because I need to put all these layers of clothes on so I'm good to go when I exit this tent and we, and we do this thing. So I, you know, slowly, one step at a time, layer on, layer on, boots on, socks on, hat, everything's on. I step out of my tent, you guys, and... I can see below me lightning and I hear the thunder, but I'm not even in that weather slow where we are. What we're standing in is complete and utter darkness and a blizzard. I mean, I have headlamp and imagine driving in a blizzard where if you just focus on the snow, it's like, well, I'm going to go off the road. I'm just, I'm in this like zone, right? I have this headlamp with just snow. That's it. It's very disorienting. And I'm thinking to myself in this moment, is anybody else worried right now? I'm hearing thunder and lightning. I'm not really registering. We're not standing in it. All I'm thinking is I have metal poles. My tent is with metal stakes. And I'm about to climb up a giant exposed rock. What is happening? <laughs> and I started to get a little anxious. And so I meet the rest of the team in the mess tent. We sit down together for a meal and I can tell everybody is feeling a little anxious, right? Cause it's like, here we are, like, this is why we're here. And we step out of the mess tent as we're about to leave. And one of our guides says, we're going to have a, a short prayer. And he just, you know, said some very beautiful words and we started putting one foot in front of the other. Like it was that simple. We just started going. It was pretty quiet. It was very windy. It was probably at this point, geez, five or 10 degrees. I mean, it was, it was freezing. I'm out on that. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, all I need to do is put one foot in front of the other. That's it. Eventually we're going to get there. I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but we're going to be there and this is going to be awesome. So we go and we go and we go and it's like, you know, we're at altitude. So your mind starts to get fuzzy here. I was really good leading up to summit night, but 100% sure that night it took us eight and a half hours to reach the summit. Wow. And I'd say six and a half of those hours was complete darkness, insane winds. You're in exposed, you're in the elements. Um, the, you know, this blizzard is happening although I'm dressed in all the right things, my hands were frozen. And so parts of this night, they're like a dream. I don't know if it's 10 minutes that I'm confused about or three, two, three hours, right? It's my best guess. But then there are parts that are 
so crystal clear, like they just happened yesterday. And one of those parts was, you know, we're coming up the mountain. I think we were about probably two and a half or three hours from the summit at this point. And again, my hands had been cold. It felt like for too long. I was moving my fingers rapidly, holding my hiking, you know, my tracking poles, thinking, you're going to get warm. They're going to get warm. I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm guided. I, can, I was actually in such a zone because I'm a nurse. I was picturing this, you know, chart from nursing school, blood flow through the body and mapping it through my body as that, that vision was occurring, really forcing warmth, okay? <laughs> like pulling it from the universe around me, warm my fingers. So we end up taking a break and I say to one of my guides, Frederick, is it worth me taking off two layers of clothing to put on my puffy down jacket and then relayer my clothing? Because my hands just aren't warming up. They're taking 10 or 15 minutes. And I mean, there was points in this trip when, when we sat and reflected, I said to my teammates, you guys, I, I thought that my fingers had fallen off, but I didn't care. I mean, that's, how fuzzy I was. I was like, yeah, I think I don't really have any fingers. I think they're all frostbitten, but it's okay. We're going to go to the top and you know, I'll deal with it later. I mean, like it was that matter of fact in my mind, <laughs> which I have all my fingers, thank God, but um, your mind plays tricks on you. And so I asked this question, should I undress to redress essentially and maybe get warmer? Because the last thing you want to do is take anything off your body in this, in these, you know, conditions. And Frederick looks at me, this little angel, and he says, yes, you should, and we will help you do it. And I just remember standing there saying to him, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. And he took my hands inside his and started rubbing them all together, like to generate heat. And I said to him, my hands are so warm now. Thank you so much. And him and my other, one of our other guides, Wilfred, proceeded to, without me doing a thing, unbutton the side buttons of my poncho and take it over my head, unzip my jacket, take my backpack off, take my gloves off, put on my down puffy coat, zip me back up, re-glove me, repack me, re-poncho me, everything. I don't think that I was physically even capable to do that for myself in that moment. And I'm, I will never forget that gift, that love that they showed me because I was mentally like, you know, matter of fact, I guess I lost my fingers. We'll keep going. Right. But at the same time you start thinking, okay, you know, this is getting real. <laughs> Where am I? I can't see a damn thing and it's freezing out. And so to have that love and care in that moment was just so big for me. It sounds like you're really almost in and out of reality in your own, you know, yes. You know, you're in this like in I'm curious if the your other the other people on your team that were hiking as well, did they ever feel that same thing that you did? Yes, we talked yeah. about that. And it's actually been interesting to read my teammates uh how they recall the summit night. Some of them have journaled or blogged or shared just amongst our team. And it's so interesting to read their memories versus how I remember things <laughs> to see similarities and differences. And we actually had a discussion. I don't, I believe it was after we came down back to base camp, we were having lunch. And even then we were still kind of fuzzy and totally just spent. Your body is just done at that point. But it was this idea of what did that just happen? What parts of that were real? What didn't I register? Do you know what I mean? Like it really is, it's something I had never experienced. I've never been at that altitude, right? Yeah. Um, and so it was crazy. I, I, I had a very distinct moment where it was more than a moment where it was my, you know, I would say the biggest challenge for me of the summit night. And it was, you're coming up a pretty steep part of the climb. I knew we were close to the summit, but again, I didn't have a time frame in my mind. And I heard 
behind me, one of the guides say to my friend, Zach, hey, Zach, do you see that pink sliver in the sky? And I immediately jerked my head right to look because I'm like, well, what's happening? And he, the guide says to Zach, that's the first sign of daylight. And I locked onto that line of pink in the sky because it represented to me hope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hope we are close. We have to be because we're summoning around sunrise. So this is good. <laughs> Secondly, my fingers are going to warm up. <laughs> the sun is going to rise. We're going to be there. Like something in me just, that's what I had. I needed to hear in that moment. And I happened to catch it. Thank you, universe. And I, the next probably 20 minutes, I locked eyes on that sunrise because my body felt like it wasn't moving. Hmm. I knew I was moving, but I didn't feel like I was going anywhere. And I was like, I can see the sign for Stella Point. Stella Point is about 45 minutes from the summit. I could see it, but I'm like, am I moving? Am I getting any closer? Why does it seem like everybody on my team is running and I can't get there? Oh my God. And I, I mean, I must have repeated thousands of times in this eight and a half hour summit night. I am safe. I'm loved. I'm guided. And I just kept saying it. And when I arrived at that sign, I, everybody's taking pictures. I sat down, I shedded three layers, my pack, everything. And I just sat there and I came back to life. It was like, Ah, the sun is rising. I am re-energized. Nobody is getting in my way. Like, when can we go to the summit? <laughs> so, and I know times have the guides hyped it because they must be so attuned at being able to, like, first of all, help you as a hiker, and also they have to be totally strong to be able to do this themselves, both mentally and physically. So, how many times did they do it? Yep. So they're all, uh, they are all local to Tanzania. We had three guides and they would rotate who led us each day. So on the summit night, Frederick led us. It was his I three. I love it all. Frederick with a K. I love him. Um, he led us to the summit. Now imagine to your point, you take one wrong step. You're gone. You don't know. I didn't know where I was. I could have gone right, left, up, down. I had no idea. Now you put a blizzard in, so there's no path. There's just some other feet of other people that might have stepped before you, okay? And even that's difficult because the snow is falling. So for these guides to navigate in a blizzard in the dark, he, I mean, I imagine this is, it's a, he knows this route like he knows his own body. I mean, he must, right? Because he got us there safely. It was his 397th summit. Oh my, wow. Now, did they ever, I know they didn't say much to you guys about what, like, it was almost like the elephant in the room, you know, this, this blizzard that's happening and nobody seemed to speak about it, but mm -hmm. was there ever a question that you would like, or even an option that you could hold off to the next night? No. No. Um, I'll speak for myself. I fully mm -hmm. trusted our guides. Yep. Um, I mean, did I have a choice, right? Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, they, the amount of love and care that they showed us was, it's unmatched. Yeah. And so I fully trusted their decisions around a lot of different things that we were, you know, stepping into having never been there. And this was one of them. Um, I think we all knew that if conditions truly were just too much to, to summit, we wouldn't be going. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, the other part of it is we got very lucky because we summited this mountain. We went on this journey in the middle of a pandemic. So there were not, there were days we would see nobody else on our hike for the day, or maybe we would see, you know, at the most seven or eight other hikers, probably maybe 10. But I bring this up because summit night, there's only so much room at base camp. You get to base camp in the morning of the day you summit. You have lunch. You have three hours of rest. You have dinner. You have three hours of rest. You get woken up for a meal and then you go. And when you come back on the back end, we summited eight and a half hours. 
We stayed at the top, I'm gonna to say about 30 to 40 minutes, which was amazing. And then it took us about, it took me, not everybody, me and another three or four teammates about three hours to get back to base camp. And when you get there, you have a little bit of time, maybe an hour and a half, two hours to kind of just rest your body. Then we had lunch and we continued to hike for another five hours. Wow. We hiked a total of 15 and a half hours with no sleep in between. So there's the reason I, I'm sorry, I went off track, but the reason I brought it up is because you were saying, could you wait? Could you just wait for the next day? You can't because there's other hikers coming. You have to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you don't want to miss that window. And I think the guides also think of that. We've come this far. If we can potentially do this, we're doing it. Yeah. And I understand that like you've guys put so much trust in them. And even though it was in your minds, you might've had this little bit of doubts. You trusted so much in them that that kind of cleared any doubt that if this wasn't safe, we wouldn't be doing this. And you, that, that trust had been established. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I did not have, once we started walking, there was no doubt in terms of, it was really just a matter of keep walking. Yeah. Stay focused stay in this positive mental space. I actually will tell you, when we first started, somebody had said, oh, look up there. You can see other hikers. So I did. I, I look up. And all you can see is this little bit of light. It's from their headlamps. And they're, I don't know how far in front of me. I no, you can't see, right? I just see this dot of light. And when I saw it, what I noticed was every time these headlamps these dots of light in the dark of night were way uphill mm -hmm. and i stopped looking up yeah i only looked it was almost like a rule in my mind that i didn't even know existed i only looked at the feet in front of me and to my left because to my left was you could look down and you could see lights from mm -hmm. i thought Oh, it's lights from towns and villages. <laughs> and I learned later that at one point, I think it must have got too fuzzy for me to even catch it in the middle of the climb. But there was this one part to the left that was sort of more orange for whatever reason, the lights. And I noticed it and I learned later it was Kenya. Oh my God. I was looking at another country. <laughs> oh my God. So. You know, that was my rule of thumb. Look down and focus and keep stepping or look left and know how far you've come. Yeah. yeah. That but that's it. similar to what they told you in the very beginning, right? Don't worry about three days down the road. And legit, don't worry any more than one step ahead, right? Like one step in front of you. So that's I want to bring this back to being courageous because that's what it is. It's looking at what is in front of you and not worrying about what's coming and, and looking back at how far you've come. And like, yeah. even looking back at, you can use that to fuel you to go forward. I, this is like full circle, that experience yeah. we just, <laughs> we talked about, you're basing it off all those experiences, those days leading up where you took those steps, you know, and that's what made you take the next step. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely, yes. I mean, the other, you don't have a choice. What yeah. are you going to do right at this moment? So the only choice you have, unless you want to really go south on yourself is just keep walking. Yeah. I have never been, I strive to be present every day. Okay. But let's be realistic. That's very hard to do every moment of every day. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I relate this back. What, one thing I took from this, it's a really micro example, but when I'm working during the day, oftentimes I am, I've got an email pinging, a phone call coming in, a calendar I'm trying to adjust, a, a, an interview I'm trying to set up. I'm doing a lot of things and I'm trying to do them all at once. So am I really present for any one thing? Probably mm -hmm. not. They get done. Do they get done the best they could? Maybe. But there's that opportunity to just slow down right? Yeah. And be more efficient because you are present. Yeah. And I will tell you, I've felt pieces of that in my life. I've had moments where I've been so present and I'm like, whoa, this is powerful stuff. Like I will never forget one detail of this experience, but I never experienced it to the magnitude I did on this mountain because yeah. I didn't have anything else to do. 
Yeah. The only thing to do was eat, sleep, drink, hydrate, and stay present. <laughs> and that staying present opens you up to seeing all like those heart rocks that you continuously saw. I feel like I we associate a lot with um, past loved ones, like when we see, you know, everybody's typical, you know, your cardinals or, you know, different things. But my husband, and I always, it's always in these amazing moments where we see something and we both see it at the same time. We're like, oh, hello, thank you for visiting. You know, it's that because we're open to it. You're present in that moment and you're open to receiving all of that yes. that's available to you. And so amazing that you, that's why you're able to, you know, experience it the way you have. Yeah. I mean, imagine all the things we miss Yeah, getting to experience because we are just boom, 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 boom. I got to do 12 things right now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if, if that's how we want to continue to live our life, that's great. We'll be productive. Things will get accomplished. We'll experience some things. But I really believe when we take the time to just slow down and really be physically, mentally, spiritual, there in the moment, nobody will ever be able to take those memories from you because they're so ingrained. Like with detail, like vigorous detail, I can still almost feel that summit night and the weather and just everything about that trip because I was so present. It became a joke amongst the team, in fact, and I, they probably got annoyed with me because a few of the guys specifically would say, you know, day two. Hey, uh, Zach would be like, Hey, Daryl, uh, did you check the weather for summit night? Yeah. What does it look like? And I turn around and go, why would we do that guys? Why? We're, we're just here now. Why, why would we do that? <laughs> You're like, okay, tell Pollyanna to stay at base camp. <laughs> it almost became a method of protecting myself yeah. in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. but it worked very well. So. And you know what I find interesting is you were, you know, the reason you jumped into this is because you said at the very beginning of this conversation that you knew what it would feel like to reach that summit. And although you and you just said, although you may not remember a lot of what happened as clear as if, if it happened yesterday, you know, you can remember what that felt like. And, um, okay. you know, and so it's like that that feeling we, we get so hooked on our memories and, and under, you know, I got to remember every single detail, but if you just remember that feeling that, um, I don't, I think that's more powerful than, than anything we can visualize. Does, you know? Yeah. For me, um, I operate on emotion and, yeah. feel. and if I feel curious about something, I always say, well, there's a reason. So just go ahead and see what it's about. Yep. If I feel pulled to something or I don't, that's all I need to know. I don't yep. need to think through it. I don't need to analyze it. It's like a quick yes or a no. And that's the end of it. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think feeling an emotion for me, it's, it's like, it's like DNA. It's like coded in me. I don't know <laughs> how to even describe it, but it's, that's how I operate. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I, I definitely want to invite people to go read your blog because it has basically what I loved. It was a, it was a day by day breakdown of what you went through. So if you want to hear more of the story, um, I would encourage you to read Heather's blog at heathersweeney.com. Oh, okay. I didn't yep. know if it was net. Yep. Um, but now let's kind of transition into, we always ask like a couple fun questions at the end. So let's start with what you think your superpower is. And I think you've done a really good job of summarizing what I think it is, but I want to hear from your perspective. Okay. So somebody recently said to me, you know, people say things to you and you go, oh, wow, that's how you think of me? I never thought of myself this way. Yeah. Somebody recently said to me, I won't get the wording right, but basically they were saying, what is so amazing to me about you is your unwavering faith once you've committed to something, even if you don't know, if it's, if it's something you know, unknown. Um, she, she said, you have this way of just believing and just figuring things out. And when she said it, I was like, God, yeah, I, that's exactly what I do. But I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't think about yourself, how maybe other people view you, I guess. Um, so maybe my superpower is 
the ability to see the end goal or feel the end goal, both of see and feel the end goal, and then just dive in head first. Like leave fear to the side and just say like, I feel, this feels good. I'm going for it. Yeah. I think that's a pretty powerful superpower. Yeah, really. (laughs) You you had said that before, like, well, it's in my DNA. It's just who I am. But I really think that it can be, it's in everybody's. It's just whether or not we tap into it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I believe every single human on this earth has everything they need inside themselves to reach their own summit. It is a matter of being willing to tap into parts of us that maybe get uncomfortable or that we do not want to see about ourselves. Being able to do that and really just get curious about who you are, pull up that belief that lives in you and go. Don't let anybody step on your dreams. Don't let anybody say to you, you can't do that. That's crazy. Well, no, maybe you can't do that and you think it's crazy, but guess what? I'm crazy and I'm going to do it. So, <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to let somebody else's limiting beliefs affect yours, right? If they don't think they can do it, it should not reflect on what you can or cannot do. No. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm human, right? Certainly there's times where I think, oh my God, what am I doing? Is this even, is this even like, why did I get myself into this? But it's a very, I've gotten to the point where it's very simple. It's easier. Let me put it that way than it used to be to Mm -hmm. really quickly shift how I'm thinking about something and come back to why I started in the first place. Yeah. The why you started. I love that. Cause it, that, that grounds us quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so our other fun um, question that we have, that we have to ask because you're the naughty good woman, is which um, naughty good flavor personality would you be and why? Um, okay. You need to help me because it's the loco, loco. Loco nut. Loco nut. Yep. Um, I was looking at them and I was like, ooh, empowerment. Like I'm all about feeling empowered. I want to empower like our specifically young girls and just everybody around me. But I landed on loco nut because (laughs) I just actually said it. I am a little bit crazy. I think in a really good way. I'm I'm willing to own who I am. (laughs) Um, I'm a little crazy in a real good way. And I think that that has led me into some really good stuff in life. And yeah. so that's what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we have plenty of people who are like a combo. They're like, I'm a loco nut and I'm an empowerment. So you can be um, whatever I'll be both, but I'm going to lead with loco nut. <laughs> I don't think we've heard loco nut though yet. We have not yet. I think many people are afraid to call themselves crazy, you know? <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's not crazy. It's your own brand of genius. That's, that's yes. It's crazy in the best way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to know what you still have that you want to do, but you haven't done yet. Like what's, what's the next, can you think of something that is out there that you're ready to tackle next? That I'm not already doing? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. This question has been asked of me a lot since I returned and almost immediately upon my return, what's next? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was truly still in the middle of everything. And You're like, I'm, uh, next is a nap. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know. I'm still in this. There's nothing yeah. next right now. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I don't have... I have a Another, question. When yeah. you were talking, I thought to myself, yeah. would you do this again? Mm-hmm. Would you go through that again? Um, I, w- I have no desire to climb the same mountain again. Yep. Um, and I say that with intention. I had an amazing experience. Um, I would prefer, it's almost like in life, 
I've climbed that mountain. I was present. I experienced it. I fully took it in. Now I would like to pull the lessons I learned from that and bring them with me, but I don't want to go back to it. Yeah. Like Mount Monadnock or something like that. I did say say to my boyfriend, I would love to travel to Thailand. So I guess maybe that's on my list. Um, There's no planned date or anything. Um, And then I'm already doing the unicorns. So that was a huge thing that sort of spun from everything else, you know? Yeah. I don't have another like giant, hairy, scary goal right now. Okay. You know what? That's part of being present and like enjoying the moment and where you are, not needing to know what the forecast is in in a year or a month, you know? And I love that. Like maybe more of us need to do that. It's like, stop looking at what's next and just take care of what you have now. You know, you just made me think of something. Um, (laughs) Made me think of honestly, because for years, for years of my life, I was a planner. I was, what's next? What's next? What's next? We had to look forward to something, get it on the calendar, right? And when I got divorced and I was thrown into a whole new space, and I had this opportunity to, as I saw it, rebuild my entire life, okay? I remember thinking, I have no idea what's next, and that is so freaking scary to me because this is not how I roll. But in the same breath, I shifted it and I said, oh my God, how exciting is that, that you have no idea what's next? It does allow me us to be a little more present and to just sort of naturally flow and see where you end up. Right. Um, so yeah. They don't have any expectations. There's none, you know, you don't have this, you know, I, I remember, um, speaking with a woman about, um, anxiety or hearing her talk about anxiety in children. And the more we plan out their day, the more anxious they become because when it doesn't go as planned, they don't know what to do with themselves, right? So to actually do the complete opposite, don't plan out their day for them. Don't be so, this is what's for dinner. You know, I mean, I know that sounds really, you know, mi- mi- you know, minor on the grand scheme of it, but it, I think it can stand for life. Don't plan it out because then we don't have any expectations. Right. Yeah. And there, that's a beautiful thing. It's, it's can be uncomfortable and scary, but it is a beautiful thing. I want to say I appreciate that you didn't always, that you weren't always this way because then there's hope for people. Like I am a super planner and I like, I think because we moved so much when I was a little kid, like I really like to know what's next and I like to know Mm -hmm. the dependability, but I like that you say that you used to be that way because there's hope for me because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't want, I don't want to live like that. You know what I mean? Like it is very, it, it puts you in a box and, and does create a lot of fear and anxiety. And yeah. so I love that you're sharing that, you know, that's something you've dealt with and now you are in a completely different and it's so much more freeing to be in the moment. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. And you know, again, I'm not perfect. I still do. Certainly I plan things where I wouldn't be able to function day to day, but last minute folks, we <laughs> let's do a podcast now. <laughs> no. Yeah. The bigger things though, I'd prefer to sort of feel them out and see where I yeah. end up, you know? It reminds me of a road trip that um, we went on with my kids three summers ago, I think it is now. And my husband, and I said, okay, well up to two weeks, who knows, right? But we had an end destination and we knew we had a place there for about in, in South Carolina for a week, but how we got there, how long it took us, the road we took or how we got back, we didn't care. We literally were online with three kids in tow, um, you know, um, making um, reservations for two hours from there because, okay, we're going to be in, you know, Philadelphia at this time. Let's get a hotel there, you know, and would just go. It was the most amazing experience. I was so, just going to say, I bet that that was, if not one of your best vacations, the best oh, vacation. Kids are like, can we do it again? And we're like trying to think of how we can do it again, but maybe go west, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, kudos. Kudos to you that that's how you live life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Heather, this was fantastic. And thanks for sharing like so much of your story with us. I was like on the edge of my seat. I mean, I've already read it and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I want more. So yeah. I really-
really, really appreciate you coming and sharing how courage has shown its place in your life. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, thank you both for having me. I, um, I love talking about that experience. And so um, it's been super awesome to be able to kind of recall some of those memories. And also it helps me to continue to process and learn more about myself as well, which is always a good thing. So yeah, um, it's been so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.